Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. How's it going, everybody? This is the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn, so if you like the show, you can listen to episodes the day they come out every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're about to hear the episode where I interview frontman for the band Nirvana, Kurt Cobain, and venerated religious figure St. Francis of Assisi. It's an awesome episode. Uh, A couple of quick announcements before we get to it. The Fine 39 is coming up on March 25th at the Magnet Theater. That is at 9 p.m. There will be free beer, sketches, stand-up. It's going to be a real hoot and a holler. You don't want to miss that. The Fine 39, March 25th at the Magnet Theater at 9 p.m. Also, email us at famousdidpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org for anything that you might need. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Go see Junior Varsity every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends and check out jarrettberenstein.com for all the latest and the greatest. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy St. Francis of Assisi and Kurt Cobain only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. People you know. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American singer and frontman for the band Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. How are you? How's everybody doing? And uh, and 12th century Italian friar, later canonized by Pope Gregory the Ninth, Saint Francis of Assisi. Hey, buongiorno, uh, Miss uh, Francis, Saint Francis, Your Holiness, Mr. Cobain. Thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Thanks for having us. No, hey, it's such a pleasure to be here. Of course. Um, now I'd like to start with you, Mr. Cobain, if I might. Um, sure. Now I was a huge fan of Nirvana when I was growing up. I was sort of that perfect age for Nirvana when it came out. Like, there was something about the band's sound. What do you mean by perfect age? Like, I was in, like, eighth grade or something, like, eighth or ninth grade. So you're saying your brain wasn't developed fully yet. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't mean to say that, like, Nirvana was for people that weren't, like, intelligent or, like, you know, hadn't developed or anything like that. I just Mm -hmm. mean, like, the sound of Nirvana was the sound of angsty children from that era of which i was one do you think that that's i mean even if it's not what you're intending i see that that's what how my music was marketed yeah i was like it was the angst of the teens but i really saw it as something beyond that i saw it as like reaching not only teens but also single dads in their 50s single dads in their 50s specifically single dads in their 50s or yeah that was my market (laughs) i was going for i mean interesting those are guys that i don't think get enough attention Hmm. Um, I mean, I think that's, genre, I think that, that's fair. You know, uh, you were obviously, you know, a single man uh, because si. because you gave yourself to the church. Si, si. You know, um, uh, I don't know that you reached 50, though. Can you can you elucidate us on that, St. Francis? I think when I died, it was I was like a 49, you know, 49. something. Like I enough. didn't really do it at the birthday. How you say? Do we you, didn't do, do birthdays. birthdays. It was not a, such a thing for me. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like. Could be. Uh, so, could have, be so have you heard Kirk Cobain's music? Do you oh, think serious? that that resonated with you as it's a. It's so good. You know, I like what uh, the. Uh, never mind. Never mind. See? That was yeah. a, a breakout album. Well, yeah, thank you, but I also. Great. 
Thank you, but I hate you for liking that out. Wait, you, oh. wait, so... Well, I may a culpa, I'm sorry. That's okay, it's just a conflict I have with myself. So you're saying that, is it, is it because it's your most popular album that you don't like it when people like that album? Well, the people see that as me selling out, as my band selling out. Oh. And, uh, you know, I spent years in the band Fecal Matter before Nirvana, and yes. nobody took that seriously. Mm-hmm. And then... It's hard to imagine with a serious name like Fecal Matter that hmm, nobody that took it seriously. Well, it's like, pretty serious you stuff. Ima- yeah, yeah, Kurt Cobain, can you imagine somebody being like, being like, we have to be serious about Fecal Matter. Like, we well, have to settle down and just, just think realistically and adultly about Fecal Matter. I mean, what? Do you think I didn't take it seriously? No, no. I think we. I think you did. I but, did. Yeah. Perdón. In one moment, you have a little something on your shoulder. Let me just. Oh, it's a chip. Uh, let chi- me get oh, the chip off of your whoa. shoulder. Oh, you see what I did there? Whoa. I just tried to keep things alive. Saint Francis. <laughs> I just tried to get it burning. Joke. Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Well, in it's the okay. Studio. Sit down. Sit down. Please. No, I'm, I'm calm. Uh, you know, I, I write it out in my journal, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll uh, I'll stab you with the crucifix in a picture later so. oh, well, you'll draw that kind yeah. of a poetic that. justice yeah. i suppose yeah. any way that you can sort of like express yourself artistically and like trust I'm, me there are worse ways to go <laughs> yeah. yeah well we, we'll, we'll talk about that um so actually that we kind of hit on my first question here which was that you know according to the wikipedia you didn't like being the flagship band for generation x which is what like everybody said yeah that you guys were it's just something that these companies are just you know, these conglomerates, these people that think they're making music, they think they're creative, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're just taking from a guy like me, other artists. I'm sure both of you have done some art in your lives. Mm-hmm. Have you done art? Yeah, yeah, definitely. See, see. Yeah, so imagine somebody just taking it and saying, it's for these people now, you're this person mm-hmm. now. They're telling you something you don't want to be. I mm-hmm. wanted to be me. I was an artistic soul. I have a lot of creativity in here, and they were saying, you only do this. Only mm-hmm. do this. That's yeah. not me. Yeah, and so when you would went when you would go and write more songs and go and try about try to put out more albums, they would go they would go great. Try to do it exactly like the last ones so every time. Sell to the last people. Yeah, yeah, every time. Yeah, the only people that didn't do that was Walmart. Walmart was mm-hmm. the only company. Yeah, that... the Waltons. They really liked my music. They said it resonated with them. Huh. They, they understood where I was coming from. And then mm. right before uh, you know what happened. Which I don't want to get into right now. Okay. Yeah. Let but. it let it breathe a little. Come back to it. Eh? <laughs> Thank yeah, you. we'll keep it light. So you're saying that the Waltons of Walmart contacted you and said, "Hey, complete artistic freedom for Kurt Cobain." Yeah. Interesting. Wow. That Anything is, I wanted. That is a company. That is a relationship that I would not expect. Nobody did. To That's have why it was uh, mind blowing at the time, but it never came to fruition. So mm-hmm. I might sing some stuff from that album later but the one that you were writing for uh, for walmart yes oh interesting oh please yeah i want to hear that's a great that's a great teaser um but let's move over to saint francis for just a moment a quick so. quick sidebar oh, before we move back i'm excited but so the waltons of of uh walmart yes see? walmart there was a show in i think the 70s Early 80s, the Waltons? The Waltons. Mm. Was you it know, the same the, Waltons? Bill Walton. I don't think it was the same Waltons. Son, Luke Walton. That, but that, that, was I think, it the same family? I don't think so. I feel like it might have been. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing it, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that I think, oh, Walmart, that could have been the same. I um, feel like he, you know, nowadays, you don't know who's going to be on TV. Mm-hmm. Like they're, it's a father, like the the balls, the LeVar 
balls uh-huh. or the balls uh, or the Wahlbergs. The Wahlbergs the have their own. The Kardashians, yeah. of course. So I feel like the Walton family, Luke and Bill Walton, had this show in the eighties, seventies. Uh, but I, I think I, I think that that was too early for the trend of reality shows that we see today. Like like nobody would have watched a show about the Waltons. Which first of all, I don't even think that the that Walmarts were. Uh, a a sort of like national chain in the eighties, the way no, they no. eventually became. No, no, it was pretty. Was pretty the store, but the family. So you think that they made a TV show about the Waltons who own Walmart before Walmart was a oh, thing? Oh wait, no, you're right because nothing <laughs> crazier than that could ever happen. He's right. Nothing. You are really salty today, St. Francis. Well, what's really, what's yeah. going on, St. Francis? <laughs> well, you know, you know what it is? I had a little bit of bad eggplant early for lunch. Mm-hmm. I had a little heartburn. I apologize. That's I okay. That's I'm okay. so sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Let's I talk. might have some pills for you to help. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. well, Kurt Cobain. You we know can, we yeah. I mean, any, any, on listen, the break. Let, well, you know, as a internet radio station, we're allowed to say whatever we want. I personally am not going to condone. The sort of self-medication that Kirk Cobain is uh, pushing onto St. Okay, Francis of Assisi cool. here. We don't want to jeopardize your run for Congress. <laughs> He's a grown man. He can do what he wants, right? Uh, so St. Francis. Uh, um, I'm not a very religious person myself, but I was raised okay. uh, uh, Christian. And uh, according to the Wikipedia, you are one of the most venerated religious figures oh, in history. Very nice. And uh, I have to imagine that part of that respect and admiration comes from your famous trip to Egypt where you... Attempted to put an end to the Crusades. I uh, gave it my best shot. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about that trip? Like why Sick. you wanted to end the Crusades? You go in, you try to convert the Sultan. Like how you attempted to do that, that sort of thing. Well, you know, it's a sticky situation mm-hmm. because you got people on both sides feel pretty strongly about the whole thing. Like, yeah. You got the guy, you got Mohammed. And the two are not uh, so compatible. You got the light skin, you got the dark skin. Everybody hates everybody. Yeah. And eventually there's so much blood on either side and nobody wants to see a reason. They just want to kill, kill, kill. Mm. And I have to imagine that as a man of God, that was like the primary reason why you wanted to end the crusade was sir, all this murder sir. that's going yeah, on. So let's spread a little love. You know, yeah. God is a love. God is not a murder. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt not kill. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Eh? So I go, I said, you know, what are the odds? Let's look at the numbers. Now, I don't know how much you know about the, the Christian warriors of that time, but mm-hmm. eh, not the great thinkers, most of them. They were mm-hmm. pretty stubborn, bloodthirsty bigots. Let's not put too fine a point on it. Eh? Okay. So I thought, if I'm going to stop this, I got to convert one side or the other because they're never going to agree to like a shake of hands and just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. So I did a little quick math on the back of, uh, you know, a piece of papyrus and I said, uh, you know, the Sultan, he's a pretty smart guy. If I could just get him to like talk a little Christian talk, maybe we could head off the whole thing and then they could do whatever they want on their time. And when... The Christians pop by and say, oh, hey, Jesus Christ, yeah, right, we do the thing like you guys. And then, you know, the, but we avoid all the killing. Interesting. So didn't, you, It didn't work. You're like, let's not let's not attack all these people here and in, in order to get to the sultan and then get, get him to convert. Let's like, a, let's you know, let's, like, like a... Let's like a, have a little chat. Like huh? a syringe. You sort I of like, took a nice pizza pie. I said, hey, sultan, <laughs> I made you margarita so nice. He liked the pie. You just you bring this pizza in through all the fighting that's happening See, through all the warriors. Have you ever had the pizza? 
Uh, yeah. Pizza yeah, pie is it's so a, good. It's, it's great. It's pretty delicious. It's just so good. Yeah, I and you can share it. Like you uh, have a slice. <laughs> I have a slice. We have a slice. It's There's an ultimate a sense community. Party food. Yeah. Yeah. See, see. So I thought, you know, we all sit down. We have a couple of slices. They got a great thing back then uh, called a hookah. A hookah. And we, I, yes. said, I could see it. We all sit. We light at the hookah. We do a little puff of the puff. We have a slice. And then we say, this is silly. Why are we killing each other? Maybe put on a little music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With didn't a work, little though? Sitar. It didn't, didn't work it as didn't. Well It was good for a little while. We had a great couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you know, there was the last slice of pizza. The sultan wanted the last slice. So I forget the general's name. He had a big mustache. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. a dick. But he went for it. And, the, you know, then the guards got all pretty. It just all went to shit. Like, yeah. Right away. It was a slice of pizza. I felt bad. I was like, did I just make this worse? <laughs> did you make I, it worse? I, I don't like to think about it. Maybe I did. I, I didn't mean to. That's okay. the thing, though. You know, like pizza, that's what complicates pizza. The last slice. How yeah. do you break it up? How many slices was this pizza See, cut into? Yeah, we're not all fucking See. Pythagoras. We're not going to be able to perfectly divide this circle into however many people are here. I sit around. I said, yeah. I should have brought more pizza. No, you can't put should've. this on yourself. Let's let's Don't. not Oscar Schindler at the end of Schindler's list this, where you're like, See. oh, if only I had one more pizza. Well, only, you, you know, only had be, three more fair, pizzas. We didn't have a, a refrigerators back then, so it's yeah. not like you could just slap it in the fridge. You can't accidentally bring too much. Be like, oh, we'll eat it later. <laughs> It would just rot, and that makes a miss sad. So yeah. I said, you know, I think we're good with three. I should have brought four. There's no, there was no market for like the day after no. pizza the way that no, there is no, today. No, it was hot, you know? hot, sandy. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I gotta say, you know, on this point of like how communal and wonderful pizza is of bringing people together, like I'm kind of offended by personal pizzas. Mm, you yeah. know, like a pizza that's intended just mm-hmm. for one person. Like that's just greed. That's it, greed. It's, that's a, it's, it's greed. It's a marketing, like you yeah. said. Yeah. It is the bigger corporate machine that said, we take a nice thing for the people. We're going to make it. I'm going to make this thing gold for me and uh, screw the people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's what they want to do. It's just more me, me, me. And that's what, in my life, the record executives, that's all they wanted. Me, me, me. Kurt, keep making hits. Keep making music. Keep Because yes. we want personal yeah. pizzas. We don't care about we the 50-year-olds. We want the kids. Those are our personal pan pizzas. Those teen boys and girls are our personal pan pizzas. And I just wasn't having that. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that you were, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of your time in sticking to your guns like that. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today in the studio are 12th century Italian fighter uh, St. Francis of Assisi. hey And uh, 20th century American singer and frontman for the band Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. Come as you are. Um, and so, Mr. Cobain, so your Wikipedia describes your early interest in music as, uh, you know, like like very young. You're singing at the age of two. And when I read that, I was like, singing at the age of two, like, mm-hmm. don't we all sing at the age of two? Like, that's not particularly yeah. noteworthy, with right? That, it's true. We all sing when we're two. But mm-hmm. how many of us sing with a Philharmonic choir? Did you sing with the Philharmonic choir when you were two, Kurt Cobain? I did. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea that you were like... W- w- would you say that was uh, operatic singing that uh, you're doing? Soprano, I think, at that day. Soprano, yeah, very, yeah. very high alto Because they hadn't, as time. we say, because they hadn't dropped yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, mine never actually dropped, but that's a whole other story. Your testicles never dropped, Kurt Cobain? Wow. 
That is a that is that's, that's an exclusive. Yeah, but it's why should that matter? Exclusive. You know? No, no, absolutely. No, I think, no, no. I think medically no, hey. it's interesting, but as far as culturally, like we should not care. Yeah. Medically, it's interesting if yeah. you believe in that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I know that you what, suffered medicine? from. Yeah. If you believe in medicine, I think we all believe in medicine. Well, well it's changed a lot since 1100, but you know. Yeah, of course. Um, and I mean, I know Let's that... Put uh, some leeches on that. I don't know, maybe a positive. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I digress. Um, so yeah, so so you're singing for the Philharmonic. That's very impressive. Um, and, uh, and um, you know, what I thought was even more remarkable is you started playing the piano at four. Yes. You wrote a song when you were four. With Tr- Ray Charles. With Ray, I'm sorry, with Ray Charles? Yes. With Ray Charles, you wrote a song for the on the piano. Well, my mom, who had gotten me piano lessons, said it's hard to learn piano when you're blind, mm-hmm. and who better to learn it from than Ray Charles? Because because he was blind. Yeah. Okay. It seems like a uh, a little bit A to C. Just uh, you know, it seemed really. It seems like it would be really difficult to get Ray Charles to teach you how to play piano. Well, no. Uh, you know, blind musicians aren't paid in real money, so they're constantly trying to find work. Interesting. It's like scam that well, runs you know, rampant in Hollywood. When I saw that movie Ray, they, so they he insisted on being paid in singles so he could actually like count his money. Mm. You know, because he you give someone a one, but you say it's a five. You know, like you could steal the money that way. And I guess I guess Ray Charles never solved that problem. No. Wow. Yeah, that's that, incredible. His deathbed. Yeah, I guess you could just hand him pieces of uh, pieces of blank paper and tell him that people, was money. People are not nice. Yeah. 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 People, nice. especially corporate people, as we were talking about. You know, yeah. people that are trying to screw for... everyone except the Waltons. <laughs> everyone except the Waltons, which I, again, I have it's really hard to believe that this this wonderful relationship exists between the two of you. It's a nice name, though. You know, the Waltons. The Waltons. Come, have an apple pie. Yeah. It sounds Sit down warm. Mama's it sounds pot roast with yeah. the Waltons. Huh? It, it sounds we American. We do it for you. It's wholesome. Yeah. It's American. See. Say your name. Can you say your name again? See. No, your name. The whole name. That? Yeah. Francesco Di Pavlo Di Pizza Pepperoni. <laughs> wow. That can't be true. Um, so I wanted to know. My friends call me. I wanted to know, and I count you too among my friends. Oh, that's good. Oh, thank you, Saint Francis. Yeah. You know, you wow. came in hot, but you cooled down a little bit. I, I think, think you know the yeah. eggplant. It feels a lot better. I have a peppermint tea. I'm mean, nice. It's agita can really do that. It makes me really mm. cranky when I get a little agita too. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Cobain, about the song that you wrote when you were four about a uh, about going on a trip to a local park. Does that sound? Oh yeah, familiar. Do yeah. you remember any of that song that you wrote? Uh, yeah, Winston Park. Winston was, was Park. Called. Uh, in, I have to imagine somewhere in Washington State, yeah, close to where near, you grew up, near to Tacoma. Okay, I moved around a lot: Aberdeen, Tacoma, mm-hmm. Olympia. Yeah, uh, but you know, it's uh, it was a park that I held dear in my heart. Mm-hmm. I would go there and I would see the uh, we call them heroin addicts, which I later became. But <laughs> that was the look. That was the street term. That was the street term. Yeah. Uh, when I was four, my mom would take me there. And, it's a local vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. We, I don't. What do you guys call them here? I mean, we call them heroin addicts. I've heard the term. Yeah, I've heard. The, we all, we've heard the term heroin addicts. I mean, you could call them junkies, uh, generic drug addicts. Yeah, would I work think as junkies well. is a little too harsh. Heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what they are. Okay, they were heroin addicts. Yeah. All right. Why so call you, it something it's not? All right. But I'm su- I'm surprised that your mom would bring you to a, a park that had such a such a seedy uh, element well, to it. Well, I was four at that point. In my life, I'd seen a lot. Mm. Oh yeah, you hard life, up, yeah. hard life up to four. Very. Uh, my parents were tough on me, and they later divorced, and there was some abuse and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, uh, the- so, I'm so sorry to keep hammering away at this. Oh. But like, can, do you remember any of the any of this song about the the park that you went to? Um. It's, uh, Birds in the air, over there, way, way, way over there. 
Look at that guy. He has a tear in his eye. He just wants to get high because he's a heroin addict. That was your four-year-old lyrics that you wrote? Yes. Wow. And that's dark. It's pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, I would have been a concern. But real, parent. though. Mm-hmm. Real. Thank but you. real. And actually, I feel like... It, it it kind of I can I connect with that because I grew up in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like so I you feel know like what those, I'm saying. I really do. Yeah. Wow. You've it's, seen birds fly and you've seen <laughs> heroin addicts. And I've seen heroin crying. addicts being uh, being sad, crying for heroin. Um, but let's uh, pivot over to uh, St. Francis here for just a moment. So uh, I understand you came from a wealthy family. See. Uh, and there's a story uh, of you realizing your passion for charity. Uh, the the famous story of the beggar. Hmm. Um, and tell me if, if this any of this is true because okay. obviously you know this happened a long time ago. Uh, this beggar comes up and asks you for uh, for for money, mm. and instead of giving him what, what they call the alms, like a little bit of money, uh, you just give him everything that you had on you. See, uh, and your dad gets real upset about that. Oh, um, but this is this is an actual beast. yeah because uh, you were I selling, had a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and he was selling his cloth, and your dad was like, "Don't just give away the money that See. you made by selling my cloth." You know, um, so that's 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 the, uh, the 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 first act of charity that you were engaged in. See, okay. Uh, and uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I, I don't. I have never regretted that for a second. He said, "I think you and I have a lot in common, Kurt, because I had a, like what we call uh, an epiphany. That's mm-hmm. a vernacular term. Mm-hmm. That it was like, how come I got uh, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and this guy he's got nothing, right? Yeah, pathetic. Right. Yeah, and I thought, am I a better guy?" Is that why I got this stuff? I don't feel like a better guy. <laughs> and so he said, hey, help me out. And I was like, okay. And I was just going to give him a little bit. That's what you do. You just you don't even think about it. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, here, you take it. Take it. Take it all. Why should I have it all and you have a nothing? You can have it all. I mean, he was just going to piss it away. I, wasn't, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to change his life. But I thought maybe the act of being like, for you. Can I ask you, why would you think, why would you be so certain that he's just going to piss away that money that you... Ah, uh, you could just tell by <laughs> looking at him. I mean, like with the heroin addict, you know, I'm not not all the heroin addicts are the same. Mm-hmm. Well, they're the same in that they're addicted to heroin. They love heroin. That's common. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, you take a look at uh, this guy on the train and the next guy and the next guy. You can sort of see a different story. You can also see... They all say, hey, give me a little money. I need something to eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, something to eat, eh? You know, but like, so this guy wait. actually looks hungry. Like, he, he might buy something to eat with it. This guy's just going to put it right in his arm. That's what this guy was like. I was just, you you're just drunk. Him. You're just going to drink it. He had that vibe. He was yeah. going to waste that But the point was, what, for me, and for all of these people watching, and for my father, I realized that later, what would the act of radical, almost sacrificial giving do? In action, because mm. I had never seen that before. This was unheard of. Well, to me, I was, yeah. you know, I was a young guy, but uh, you know, it was something crazy. But nothing happened. There wasn't like a angel pop down and say, "Oh, good job. That's what we're going for." <laughs> you know, my That's dad hit me on the side of my head. He said, hey, "What are you doing?" Uh, but so uh, did you, you ever? Know, he appreciated the guy. Appreciated. Yeah. Did you ever follow up with him? Did you ever see if your donation any? Yeah, mate? he drank himself to death, but not because <laughs> of what I gave him. Death? Well, he was a drunk, you know, eleven hundred. It's not a lot of oh, yeah. like, social programs. What mm-hmm. I appreciate about that is that you let this man piss away your money the way he wanted to piss it away. 
See, you, see, you yeah, let him make the choice a, for himself. It's not about the money, eh? The mm. money. They say it's the root. It's not the root of all evil. Let's be frank. I mean, there's some bad shit. Most that has of it. nothing to do with money, but. <laughs> the money's got a lot to do with a lot of it. A lot of people do some bad stuff be- just because of the money, the personal pizza. Mm, Why yeah. would you do that to a pizza? Because you think you... you could squeeze a little money out. And you it. could instead share with people that you love or even right. strangers who right. are friends you just haven't met right. yet. Yeah. You and... don't make the personal pizza to be a dick. <laughs> you make it to make a money. Yeah. And then the being a dick about it starts to feel kind of good. And that's how it gets you. The mm. money was the way in, was a needle. Well, yeah. I mean, I totally know how that feels. I know when the money comes, what it does to your head, what it does to your soul. And uh, you're, you're saying that you had an experience like that. Yeah. When, I when, mean, uh, uh, you, when Nirvana started uh, blowing up. Yeah. I didn't want to, I couldn't handle it. I didn't want to do gigs anymore. I couldn't stand to go out and look at the concert goers, the people that said they were my fans. I didn't believe them. You didn't believe why, that they why, really liked Nirvana. Why believe that hmm. you know well, they're cheering my name and buying my albums and, and wearing my uh, shirts sing it along so they clearly know the lyrics like that sort of thing yeah but it's it just felt like a big joke hmm. it's like every the world versus kurt hmm. i'm sure we've all felt that way right the world versus this i mean ourselves. it feels very much like i mean I, I i know from your wikipedia that you know your parents get divorced when you're nine and this has like this giant rippling effect through your life and on your personality you become real defiant real withdrawn um, and I'm wondering why that had such a profound effect. And I mean, I think that it's a part of the reason why you felt you couldn't trust your own audience. Do you think it's a fair thing to say? Uh, you know, I think everything's a fair thing to say all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, he cussed you there. He really That's did. That's a good point. Yeah. You borrowed some That's of that a t-shirt. salt. You borrowed some of that salt there. Yeah. I mean, because who's what to say, what is you're supposed to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why you do you know? think that, that your parents' divorce has such a profound effect on you? You know, it's it's two people that when you're a kid, you see them as one. And when they get torn apart, that's like the, the one person that means the most to you in your life. Dying, mm. becoming two separate parts. And then they go on. I mean, you know, they go on to marry other people that you don't really like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They fight over you. Did you your parents, you well, I know that like, you know, now that we have um, a, a different uh, perception of divorce, you know, there have been a lot of books written about this and, you know, people parents were really are really good now about like explaining divorce to their kids did your parents try to explain this to you in a way that would mitigate the da- the psychological damage that it would eventually do to you yeah um they tried to use a bunch of sports analogies mm-hmm. um i don't play sports yeah I they see. didn't have any music analogies any art analogies it was always sports it's like america it's sports centric mm-hmm. we see. can't talk we can't stop talking about the Winter Olympics, as an example. Okay. Does it really matter? I mean... I don't know. I I, I think that um, there are some benefits to the Olympics. Like, it, it, it helps for us to see the world as being, you know, uh, unified and, you know, sort of, like, look past our artificial borders for a little bit. Like, yeah. maybe there is a positive to the Olympics. Well, he brought up a good point earlier that people will do the worst things they can do with their money. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing I think ever done with money, collective money, is the Olympics, both winter and summer. Kurt Cobain, you're saying that the worst thing 
to have ever been done with money is the Olympics. Yeah, because it brings together everyone from around the world for competition. And why should we be competing constantly? Hmm, interesting. Like maybe there could be a different way of bringing the world together. Like like every four years we bring together and we don't compete. We we can create. We create. Think, what would you create? Nice. A collaborative Olympics. Create a giant pizza that we could all eat. I would make a big pizza. Oh. Maybe not <laughs> one big pizza. It gets a little silly when you get it big enough. But maybe mm-hmm. all the different kinds of pizza. Like everybody get together, you have a Greek pizza. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about Burning Man specifically. Like how all these people come to the desert. They build this big man in the desert and then they burn it down. That's where we get the Burning Man thing from. Um, and of course, there's drug use and music and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but maybe something like that. Maybe the Olympics could, everybody gets together and builds like a big thing together, yes. you know? And then maybe the, oh, that's interesting. I actually like that idea, Kirk Cobain. You writing it down? Yeah. <laughs> write it down here in my, I, I sort of meet, I meet with you and every once in a while, and I feel like this would be a good contribution to our, uh, to our annual meetings. Um, we, uh, have to take a short break, unfortunately. Um, but we will be right back with my guests on Famous Dead People, Kirk Cobain and St. Francis of Assisi. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are the 12th century Italian friar, later canonized by Pope Gregory IX, St. Francis of Assisi. Hello. And 20th century American singer and frontman for the band Nirvana, Kurt Cobain. How are How's everybody? Um, I'd like to uh, uh, talk to St. Francis for just a moment here. So before you, you know, you have this act of charity in your mm. youth, uh, but before you go full hog into um, Catholicism, Christianity, uh, you join a military in expedition to Perugia, mm-hmm. and you're taken prisoner. Mm. Uh, and when you when you come back, you're a changed man. You no longer want to party with your friends. Um, and uh, people ask you, like, you're so serious now. You're getting married, and you say yes to a fairer bride than any of you have ever seen. And uh, people interpret that as meaning that you're going to devote yourself like to charity, or you're going to devote yourself to the impoverished. Is, is this a uh, is this right? Ultimately, that's uh, correct. Uh, initially, mm. there was this uh, b- beautiful uh, girl from there that I was uh, met while a prisoner, and I was going to marry her. She was a vision of loveliness. Wait, so you're saying that the, the woman you're talking about here, the Pharaoh bride, was actually a woman? See, si. oh. In- initially. Okay. But uh, she died. 
Oh. Very sad. She Ugh. fell into a sinkhole. Oh, oh wow! I can't believe those were that. a problem yes. back then. It, well, it wasn't common, but it did happen. Okay. How did you guys meet? I'm always interested in stories. Anything about a girl? So, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. I was uh, in a little uh, hut with a chains on me. That's uh, was a prisoner. This is when you were in uh, Perugia. 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 See, uh, it's a pretty place when you're not a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Do you remember and, why you were fighting against Perugia? Why this military expedition was happening? You know what's funny? I don't. I don't remember why. Hey, you know, you have a, you had a long life. You did a I, lot of things. Why remember all of it? Well, but it's, you're it, young and stupid. You say, hey, guys, let's go to fight the Perugia. And you say, yeah, nationalism or whatever. And uh, you find yourself doing something and you're like, I don't, what am I even doing these for? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I get that. I'm mm-hmm. sure there was some corporate message like hey we make a pizza smaller they don't want us to do it let's go get them you know you get going with a group of people you stop thinking about it yeah group think it it can be really bad catholics are the ultimate corporate (laughs) yeah see we could talk a whole show about that would not be very fun well let's not think about catholics i mean i would say all of christianity probably specifically catholics you know you get a big group of people together they forget what they're actually talking about yeah this all boils down to some soup of like a little bit of part of the original meaning okay so yeah so you're in perugia you're a prisoner of the perusians yeah she was so pretty she had a nice body do you remember her name yeah see her name was uh, juliana juliana Juliana. yeah like with a z-h juliana yeah see it's not uh, my accent that's how she say her name where does the h go i said hey juliana (laughs) she said no no Juliana. Oh, it's at the beginning. See, see. Juliana. Like see, yes. Yeah, oh, okay. She had a grass skirt. Mm, that's a, a beautiful grass name. Skirt. skirt. So pretty. <laughs> and uh, immediately she came in to give me a little, she had a little, um, you know, the bowl, I guess, of water. She said, Water for you? I said, oh, <laughs> What is your name? That's, that's amazing. See. Uh, and then, so I had the water. I said, You are the most beautiful. And she said, I, li- I like you too. And she let me free. And we went outside. And she said, hang on, I'm going to go get my coat. And then we go get married. And she walked to get the coat. And a sinkhole opened. And she goes, <laughs> she wow. fell right in it. Wait, so you, so she died before you even got back home See. from Perugia? Yes, but I had sent a letter to my friends. I said, oh, oh my God. While she was going to get a coat, I'm like, dear guys. <laughs> I'm going to marry the most visually, whatever I said. You said, uh, and I put uh, it on a, a pigeon. A fairer bride than any of you have ever seen. And then I, I was like, I got to introduce uh, Juliana to the guys. And I'm like, ah, hey, Juliana. And then there goes the sinkhole. And, ah. This is a real emotional roller coaster of a few minutes. Well, look, here. Th- see, and uh, I don't mean to sound the cavalier about it. It did mm. happen a long, long time ago. Yes. So I am very sad, but. Inadvertently, I came back and I felt so sad. I found God. Oh, so oh. I just they guess, hey, we got your letter, and I was like, oh, see, and they're uh, like, so who's the woman? Wait. Who's the fairer woman? See, see, and I was like, oh, it's like a metaphor, you know. It's like I'm gonna be uh, with God now. Interesting. So it's see. almost like you had to uh, backpedal from this uh, this this marriage that you had told your friends. Well, about. a pivot. <laughs> I did a little pivot. But nobody got hurt. Yeah. Except Juliana. Except for, except for Juliana, of course. But that wasn't my fault. No. Sinkhole. I mean, sinkhole. talk about an act of God. They're trash. Sinkhole, yeah. it's like, oh, come on, we get what, what. He's uh, the one that does the sinkholes, right? See, but, but see, Apparently. If not him, who else? 
Um, I mean, perhaps industry, you know, if like a city does a really bad job of hey, planning. You were know? you in the Parisia in the 12th century? I was not in Peru. There was not a lot of industry. I can tell you, they did not have a, a space program. Okay? Okay. All right. This is... A- but it's a great place. I mean, no offense to Very them. beautiful, very beautiful women there, apparently. She was, though. I uh, only saw the one, so... There was only one person. There was a bunch of guys... And then she came in. I think that might have. I kind of forgot what a girl looked like. Frankly, as she come uh-huh. in, I go. Oh, but she was really pretty. Yeah, that sure means something that she went. I got through. a little tattoo of her later. Ooh, oh, yeah. you want to see? I just look. Look when I flex my muscle. That's nice. Oh, wow. See what that makes her do? It kind of makes the uh, skirt yeah. wave. She like winks. Nice. <laughs> every time you flex. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's go back over to uh, Kirk Band for just a moment. So. Um, uh, you start playing guitar at uh, at 14, but you have trouble finding people to play music with. Yeah. Uh, one day you're hanging out at this practice space and you meet Chris Novoselic. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that first meeting with this man, uh, Chris <laughs> Novoselic, who would eventually be the bass player for Nirvana? Yeah, he's uh, he's probably the third person in my life that made me smile. Okay. Um, we met, He we, we were in the practice space of uh, the Melvins, mm-hmm. and uh, we... You know, we hit it off. We talked about bands we liked, uh, you know, some of my favorite bands back in the day. Very obscure bands. Uh, Fart Factory was one of them. Uh, anal Asphyxiator was another one. Oh, All I'm sorry, anal, anal Asphyxiator? Yeah, Anal Asphyxiator. A fart what was the first one? Fart Machine. Fart Machine yeah. and Anal Asphyxiator. I just yeah. want to ask, and this is, this is going to sound like a joke, but it's very sincere, were... Um, uh, anal asphyxiator and fart machine. Would you would you say that they were um, uh, musical, musically relevant to what you would do with uh, fecal matter? Uh, I mean, they were definitely an inspiration for it. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, these were guys that were pioneering uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you know, we called it metal. You know, it was metal. There was Metallica. They were considered mm. metal. Pacific, the Pacific Northwest scene, we were doing our thing. It just had our sound. It later became called grunge, which I hate. Mm. I hate it. Yes, it's, a, it's an unsavory sounding name. I mean, yeah, let's all say it. Grunge. 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 Say I mean, your, sounds, your version of it. It sounds I like beautiful. How you say it. It's no, like a nice a little, You put a little Italian I mean, on there's it. There's no. A little sprig of basil. It sounds nice. Like yeah. Grunge. <laughs> yeah, see, if Sub Pop would have came to me saying grunge, mm-hmm. I would have liked it more, but it was just this grunge. So if I was a if I was a a, a sub pop uh, record executive and I said we think that we're gonna label your music not metal but grunge, would I would you... have fell in love right away. Really? Yes. I wouldn't have been. I probably wouldn't have put a shotgun to my face. Mm. You said you would not. I'm sorry. Probably oh, not. You, oh wow. You know I heard probably would not have put a shock to my face. And for a second, I forgot how you bet your untimely end. Yeah. Uh, like you just had a permanent shock in your face. And that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so you meet Chris Novoselic. Yes. You know, you hit it off instantly. So we hit it off. He, uh, he talking starts... about bands that you like. Yeah, we were talking about bands, throwing around riffs. I mean, I was just hitting the strings on my guitar. He was slapping his bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, before you knew it, we had one of our first songs. Oh, do you remember what the first song was that you wrote with, uh, with Novoselic? Uh, Slurp It. Slurp It. Yeah. Okay, and what was this? Uh, what was the the thesis? Would you say of Slurp? Well, right before that, we had uh, we had talked a little bit. We just saw we were thirsty, or we, you know, we realized we were thirsty just from talking so much. Mm. We went to a Seven Eleven, and we both got we split a Slurpee because at that time neither of us had money. Okay, so we uh, we split a Slurpee. We went back. We were like, ah, oh. we had this cool riff. 
nice little hook for the song and i was more about the music before the lyrics so yes yeah you know, um i just started screaming slurp it up slurp it that was our first hit wow well your first hit well it just is us two and when i say hit i mean uh something that the guys downstairs liked and that's all that i cared about i didn't care that's about all the that world. really mattered yeah. you know those are the real fans yes you know the ones that were also in the underground scene yeah they okay. were literally underground below us in the space yeah i can see the artistic value of, of uh of connecting with uh, those people they represent the music scene that you want to impress yeah. yeah i mean it's it's something when you're there creating in the moment it's better than when you're listening to it later when it's packaged you know that's why mm. improv comedy is probably the most important thing happening in the universe right now kurt cobain you're saying that improv comedy is the most important thing in the universe yeah because... i think everybody should just quit whatever they're doing <laughs> Just do improv comedy full time all the time. Interesting. Wow. I mean, I don't know how uh, how financially viable that is as an option. I know I do improv. Yeah. Well, um, you can sell out, Jared. Do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, let me ask you, uh, Saint Francis, Same. about the the moment that you realized that you were going to devote yourself to the church. You uh, you take a pilgrimage to Rome. You uh, you meditate. You ask God for spiritual enlightenment, and you have a vision of Jesus that inspires you to enter the priesthood. Is that correct? See. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about that uh, about that vision that you had? Well, it was pretty crazy. Mm. You know, it it was um, he he showed up. He's a little bit like a glowing, mm -hmm. like you see on a television these days. It's like it's like, oh, it's a ghost. He's glowing. I think it was like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, he didn't look like old timey. He looked like a, just a contemporary guy. At first, I was like, whoa, what is this? A ghost? That was my first thought. Okay. But uh, he's like, hey, hello, it's me, I'm a Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, snap, Jesus. I didn't say that, but I forget that what I said. That was how you felt in the moment. Yes, I thought. Yeah. You know, my first thought, believe it or not, was prove it. Oh, interesting. Because, you know, anybody could show up be, and not anybody be glowing, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know. We're talking about like an episode of Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, you yeah, put, like, see, a, you see, put right? a projector oh, behind you. Mr. Wilkinson. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Wizard of Oz type deal. Yeah. 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 yeah, and you and so your first thought is prove to me that you're that Same. you're the Lord. And I didn't uh, have the balls to say it at the time. Okay. So, uh, but I thought it at first. But as he was talking to me, it was like my therapist. Like he just knew what was in my head. Hmm. Like what, and, what were some of the things that you were talking to? Well, God about? you know, we talked about the money, and I was like, it doesn't seem fair, you know. <laughs> some people have a lot. I got a lot, and some people got nothing. Mm -hmm. What do you do? You come and you die. And uh, everybody else takes your word, use it to like, you know, the Roman Empire, where we are here, is spread it everywhere at the point of a sword. Is that what you want? And he was like, no, are you crazy? So we talked for a while. Mm. Did he say, because one of the things that I saw on the Wikipedia about the vision is he said, repair my house to you. See. Yes. Do you, I mean, th there's a lot of theories on uh, Wikipedia as to See. the sort of like poetic Well, I'll tell you, one of, behind the, that. one of the frustrating things about Jesus, and mm. I spoke to him a few more times. Mm, okay. He talked a lot in metaphor. Mm. A lot All in right. metaphor. So, and, and a lot of times what he said had multiple meetings at the same time. So it was like, did he mean this or did he mean that? And the answer is Yes. It's both. It's everything. So he actually, hmm. he had a little house, as it turned out, that uh, was in shit shape. I mean, it had really not been taken care of. So this is a literal house. See. A literal house. Okay. See. And it was glowing, too. I said, how am I going to fix this? This is like a ghost <laughs> house, man. But he showed me a little glowing shed with some glowing tools and glowing wood. I'm, you know, you'll help a guy out to fix a house. Did he, he have want... anything that wasn't glowing? 
he did. A, he had a nice ring. I thought it was weird. He had a, he huh. had one ring that wasn't glowing. Yeah, and it had like a I don't know. But nowadays, you'd think when you graduate from high school, you can buy one of those big tacky, he had like a class ring. That's what he looked Jesus like to me. Had a class, had a class ring. ring. We never <laughs> talked about it. I don't know. It was Rome, so people wore. You know, the, the priest wore. I don't know if he took it from a priest. I don't know mm. the story. Uh. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it, that'll just be one of those mysteries that's lost to uh, history, yeah, unfortunately. See. So, but then I realized, oh, I bet he meant fix my house. I mean, he didn't say don't stop fixing my house. He said, thank you. But I realized later, I'm like, that's it? I'm like, oh, wait, no, that wasn't it. He, he meant, wants like, me to fix go the fix church, the whole thing. Fix everything. Oh, okay. You know, which is a bigger thing. It's a lot more work. Yeah, that's a lifelong, uh, lifelong. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, I took about a week to fix a glowing house. I thought that was pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. A week. For do you a... see, I mean, Kirk Cobain, as a, as a songwriter, as a poet yourself, like, do you see the, the, the you know, the, the weight of telling someone, like, fix my house? Yeah. You know, and like how many different meanings I could have. They'll take it, like, to your point. They'll take it literally. Mm-hmm. When I say, when I'm saying it smells like teen spirit, I'm not, ta- I'm not telling the, the listener, it smells like that here. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, what is teen spirit? It's something bigger. It's something that the kids are thrust to have. They're supposed to have, they're supposed to have this teen spirit to be excited to be alive. But why should we be excited that we're alive? Mm. I mean, I can think of reasons why. Give me one reason. Be nice to be excited to be alive. Well, you know, you're here now, you have a body, you can breathe, you can you can walk around, you can do things, you can enjoy pleasures, you can you can get your heart broken, you can fall in love. Like there's a lot of things that all you can things, do while you're here. All things that are just put in your head as a kid. Ooh. None of that really matters. Maybe I've been brainwashed. Does yeah. nothing <laughs> really matter? Let's see, I'm I'm not gonna step on Metallica or uh, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna step on their territory, but Really, nothing does. Hmm, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, what That's else? The end. In the end, nothing does. It's what pretty else? Deep. Yeah. What What else is the the oeuvre of your work, which is basically a very long poem about how nothing matters. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I was trying to get across. It's pretty dark. Saying. It's pretty dark. That's never how yeah. I interpreted your work. <laughs> you know, I do want to um, hear how you interpreted yeah, Johanna's work. Um, uh, for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, and my guests in the studio today are 20th century American singer and frontman for the band Nirvana, Kirk Cobain. Hey, how's everybody doing? And 12th century Italian friar, St. Francis of Assisi. I like a pizza. And St. Francis, you were just about to say, like we were saying that, you know, the message of Nirvana was a little dark and how uh, Kirk Cobain is interpreting the world and, and existence. And you were saying that that's not what you thought when you listened to Nirvana. See, okay. I mean, when I listen to your uh, work, which I like very much. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I also still hate you. Okay. <laughs> well, not just you, everyone that likes my music. I, you know. You got your own opinion, but uh, I think that when I listen to your work, I don't hear so much that uh, nothing has any meaning whatsoever. But I think like, oh, hey, people, you know, the things you think are so important maybe aren't so important. That's what I hear. Not Hmm. that nothing matters, but rather, you know, all of the superficial stuff with toll is important Mm -hmm. is really like a bullshit. Something matters, just not what you're paying attention to. See, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying oh, that is? Well, it's exactly it, depending on what song you're listening to. Okay. I mean, I think this is one of those things that you were talking about with Jesus. Like when he tells you, you know, repair my house, do you mean it literally or figuratively? And Same. the answer is both Same. and all of it. Maybe 
you know, Kurt Cobain is saying nothing matters, but also something matters. That's just not what you're paying attention to. And, you know, there's like there's like levels of and multiple meetings. Uh, The Chinese had that concept as well, like the idea of duality, things being being themselves and also their opposite at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's definitely what I'm going for. (laughs) Well, we all say we want the truth, huh? like it's some magic holy grail. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the truth is it's not a black and white. It's yeah. not a, like, like a how... gold coin someone can hand you. It's a, it, the truth is complicated. I like how you mentioned the grail. Like you're speaking your language. Like see, you're this, see, we're like, interpreting this in a way. There is no key that unlocks everything for every. It's yeah. like, you know, you got to figure it out. That's you the whole point. There isn't. I mean, you're right. There isn't a key that unlocks everything. There's not a place in the universe you can be where you'd be happy, but there is one place you can go to buy everything you need. And that is Walmart. Walmart. Sorry, I have to plug them right now. Walmart. You, you have to plug Walmart? I told the Waltons, Bruce Walton, that I would. You know, every plug time them. you say it, I just imagine it <laughs> a big, like an old fashioned uh, dining room table and a mm-hmm. mom up at the end with a carving the roast and yeah. I get the mashed potatoes. Like classic. The roast and mashed potatoes you can buy for low prices. It's <laughs> so day. nice. It makes me feel more of a family. Inside. Let me uh, let me ask you, St. Francis. So your first act, you, you decide you're going to uh, to join the priesthood. Your first act of uh, uh, to try to help the church, to try to repair the uh, the figurative house so, of, uh, of Jesus is, um, is you sell a bunch of your father's cloth and you try to give your, that money to a priest, but he refuses the money because he says, oh, you didn't earn this money. You just sold something that your father owned. Uh, so here, take that money back. And you indignantly throw the coins on the floor. Is that correct? See, Now, to be fair, okay, he was a prick about it. He was being a dick about not accepting <laughs> the money. I mean, it was a dick move. He could have okay. been. A, oh, Kurt, he was right, ultimately. Oh, Kurt, sorry. This isn't the, the dad that's, that refused the money. This is um, a priest. Just wanted to clarify that for you. Fathers are dicks. Priests. <laughs> I'm not going to argue it too hard. Okay. So you're saying... So I go in there, and yeah. it was a little misguided. Like, I wanted to fix everything all at once and mm-hmm. say, oh, here's I'm rich, take it all. And he's like, no, it, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm not supposed to curse. But I mm-hmm. said, okay. you know, F you, my friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it was mostly his attitude I was uh, responding to, and I threw it on the floor, and everybody scrambled to pick it up. I, I made it rain. Eh? Is that how you say? Make it rain. But yes. with coins, so it kind of hurt when they came down. Oh, oh yeah. But uh, they didn't complain too much when they stuffed it all in their pockets. <laughs> Don't you think that that's the wrong tone to start off your religious journey by sort of like, you know, uh, uh, throwing the money on the ground, you know, and, and as, as if to say, you know, fuck you, uh, you're going to take this money even though you're saying that I got it ill-gottenly? You know, if I'm asked, am I proud of every choice I've ever made? <laughs> the answer must, of That's course, obviously be. obviously no. Obviously, nobody's part of every Hindsight choice that they've made. Hindsight is 2020. You know? yeah. So at the time, I was like, you know, I fixed a glowing house. I'm going to fix the big house, and mm. uh, you are not going to stop me. Plus, you know, I had the history with this guy. He was not a nice guy anyway. So gotcha. I, I was an impulsive decision. You're I, trying I to sh- be the bigger man. Should not have done it that way. Yeah. Did you ever have an experience like that, Kurt, where you're like, I'm a musician, I'm I'm, inter- I'm I'm beginning this journey in towards artistic expression, but you accidentally do something that's like completely the opposite of what you what you wanted to do, what you thought your message should be. Yeah, I mean, every everything I ever wrote, everything, any chord or 
series of notes I played on a guitar was always wrong to my ear, but everybody thought it was the right thing. Hmm, interesting. So you don't like, didn't like the music you were playing. But... No, I hated everything I was doing. Hmm, interesting. But I put it out because it was just the, the love of creating. Hmm. But then when you're creating something you don't love, what is it then? What hmm. feeling are you supposed to have? And I, you know, I still struggle with that today. Uh, and I have to say that, it's still something, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll go back to my my attic and uh, my garage, mm-hmm. sit with my shotgun. I'm sorry, and sit with your shotgun? I mean, guitar, and I'll... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I'll write. It's dark in here. Is it dark? Can you turn <laughs> it really light? dark in here? I'm, I'm trying to bring a light with... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the things I was trying to express musically, yeah, yeah. I'd get frustrated, and I'd throw my guitar around, and then somebody would hear it downstairs and say, "Hey, whatever you just played, that's your next hit." Hmm. And I I would spend a week screaming at myself in the mirror, Jesus, telling myself that was wrong, that wasn't good. I'm sorry to interrupt, but and I don't want to be too personal, but okay. Were you were you ever treated for depression? Yeah. And how did, how that, did go? that go? Well, um, I got the, the prescriptions I needed, and I will just say that I went a little overboard with some of the, you know, the uh, pills I was shoving down my throat. Uh-huh. Mm. I see. A little too much, a little too little, not enough. I was put in the clinics. I escaped those clinics. Uh, you jumped over jumped over a fence to get, to get out of a clinic once, couple right? Fences, yes. Couple fences, yes. Couple fences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But at least you had... You know, Courtney to talk to. <laughs> well, yeah, Jesus. that's a whole other thing. What? Hey, Francis. Oh, my God. Throw salt right. on the wound. What? I had Courtney. <laughs> I get, Do I not know the whole story? Forgive me. No, I mean, there's a lot of things. There's, there's documentaries you can watch. All of them have it wrong. There's not one that has the real story. About? We were just trying. Courtney and I. Okay. Well, what was Francis the real story of your, of your relationship? Well, we were, we were really happy. This is people, it was always painted in the media and on MTVs. Like, we were just these two junkies or heroin addicts, as mm-hmm. we... As you would say in, in Seattle. Yeah, as we yeah. Talk, said in Seattle. Uh, we were, we were, we just wanted to be a normal American family. Hmm. We wanted our, our nice table and the turkey, like you were talking about earlier. Oh, the Waltons. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they promised that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'd like to ask you, Kurt, about... Um, some of your erratic behavior, like when you were when you were doing drugs, I have no idea what you're talking. About. Well, so here, there's a couple of stories I want to ask you about. So, like, there's uh, one time you were doing a photo shoot to promote your performance on uh, SNL, and because of you were doing heroin at the time, you kept falling asleep during the photo shoot. Does this uh, ring a bell? Oh, um, he's asleep. Oh my god, he fell asleep right now. Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Wait, don't wake him Kurt. up just yet. I want to ask you a question off the. Mic oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Stop recording for one second, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay. So, can we ask him about the shotgun thing? Because I'm really—I kind of don't want to. I feel like it'd be really know, dark. It's gross, I feel like, but I, <laughs> like there's I no way to, I just to so make that curious. to be a good way to end. Oh, he's the waking show. up. He's waking up. <laughs> oh, Kurt, Kurt, are you, you coming back with us? <laughs> box. <laughs> where? Where? Well, oh. the, so you know, you kind of answered my first question. Uh, second question um, is about you overdosed on heroin right before a show. Courtney Love injects you with 
uh, naloxone, which which stops the um, uh, naloxone. Uh, it's really great. Yeah, and uh, and then you just do the show, even though you had overdosed on heroin like moments before. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I think the the problem with the stories here is what does it mean to overdose? That means there's mm. a line somewhere that you're going beyond, and you know I really don't believe in that. Hmm. I really think like even though there's a very literal line that you shouldn't go beyond when you were doing drugs. I don't think that exists. Okay. To me, I've done tons and tons. Just, I'm a heroin addict. I just did it yes. over and over and over. I mean, how, when you guys did heroin, how much heroin did you do? <laughs> well, I, they say you should never do heroin. Well, because I did only a little bit. You did a little okay, bit of heroin, St. Francis? Francis? Well, once or twice. You did a little bit of heroin while you were alive. Sure. It was okay. fun though, right? Oh, it feels, guess what? <laughs> it feels very nice. <laughs> See, he knows. It's a mortal that is, doesn't People don't ruin their lives because it feels like, oh, okay, right. you know, As I can give or take him. jazz musician. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yes. good stuff. I'll take this or a glass of red wine. It's basically the best thing that you can feel is what I hear. So, yeah. That's the reason why it ruins people's lives. Well, it's time you stop hearing and you start feeling. I don't think you should be pushing heroin on people, Kurt Cobain. And I'm not going to do not it. Not just anyone, you. You think I should do heroin? 100%. I, I'm not gonna. I'm sorry, Kurt Cobain. I'll, I'll do we'll it see. if you do it right now. <laughs> all right, well, I got Wait, sir, are, you know what? Well, Let, I don't know. You, you got know what? another Let's needle? I, that, I, think, I draw the line there. I think the three of us should do heroin together. a needle together. with Kurt Cobain. I think that would be no great. offense. Last question, unfortunately. We only have time for one last quick question. I wanted to ask you, St. Francis, about your stigmata. So right before you die, mm, one see. of the miracles is you're fasting for 40 days. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, oh, oh, a six-winged angel shows up, mm -hmm. and he says, I'm going to gift you the wounds of Jesus Christ, and you have stigmata. Is that correct? See. Wow. That must have been an incredible experience, an incredible sight. Oh, yes. Yeah. And well, so you talk about heroin. Try fasting for 40 days. Wait, so of of the two, heroin or fasting, which one gave you, like, the better experience, would you say? Heroin. <laughs> but, well, I'd but agree. I fasted for three years. It doesn't take 40 days, for one thing. That is the least surprising thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a pretty short hop from yeah. one to ecstasy. He's being honest. I mean, yeah. you haven't tried heroin. I haven't. But I will also but say. But we are going to. But we're I, going to I never tried right heroin. And saw a six-winged angel either. That's all right. That's so a really good point. The weight was kind of worth it. I kinda never got stigmata it. from heroin either. Mm -hmm. Although well, I did get a weeping sore. <laughs> it healed. The sore it healed. Yeah. Unfortunately, these have not, and I uh, apologize for the apologies. Oh, wow! You still got those stigmata. Yes, I'm That's sorry. disgusting. They well, don't that really is, go away. That is all the time we have That's for this cool. week's uh, episode Aww. of Famous Dead People. Uh, I'd like to thank my guests, uh, St. Francis of Assisi and Kirk Cobain, for joining me in the studio today. Um, I do have one final question. I know it's a little weird, but do either of you have anything you want to plug, like a funny comedian's Twitter account or a, a comedy show that you like a lot? Kirk Cobain, anything like that? Um, I just want to plug uh, Walmart and the Walton family. Which you have already said you're a big fan of. Yeah, uh, they're going to have one of my new albums out in the next uh, 30 years as soon as I get done fit, you know, finishing mm -hmm. it. But one thing I'd like to say is can we all hold hands real quick? Yeah, the sure. Three of us. Same. Okay, we're all holding hands. I'm so happy because today I found new friends. Mm, I like this. That's it's sweet. you guys. It feels like a feels like we're turning oh. a corner with you, Kurt That's so nice. It's like we're turning a corner. And uh, St. Francis, anything you want to tell people about? Oh, CC, you know, there's a group called the Story Pirates. Story and they, Pirates. they work with the kids to write stories. They put a book out called The Stuck in the Stone Age. It's coming out soon. 
And I hear there is an audiobook that is really great. You should check that out. Check Stuck in the Stone Age audiobook. Buy eight copies. Go check that out. Uh, I am, of course, your host, uh, Jared Berenstein. Check out my website, jaredberenstein.com, for all the latest and greatest. Uh, go see my improv team, Junior Varsity, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. And also check out on March 25th, the special birthday show, The Fine 39, at 9 p.m. at the Magnet Theater. Uh, if you have any questions you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people.